I think a full Toad School deck actually has decent matchups across the board besides Valiant. Obviously, it gets completely rolled by Valiant, but I think it's actually quite strong against other stuff. I had a moment today where I was like, the problem with breaking a new set at LAIC is uh, like something like Toad School is just ready for judges to just make the wrong calls repeatedly. (laughs) (laughs) And like LAIC is where you go to have a judge be like, nope. And, And the problem is like, I feel like the players might not have enough confidence that the judge is just wrong. And judges are just going to be wrong over and over and over again, you know. And I don't know. I have enough faith. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think the, with the amount of attention the card's been getting, and also I think that honestly the card reads like its interactions are pretty intuitive if you just read the text on the cards. Um, it's just you know some people. Sometimes it's easy to take shortcuts and forget its interactions, but I don't. I think its interactions are actually pretty clear. There isn't really anything too confusing. I I'd agree, but the like something like the Pokestop thing is like a little bit weird, and I mean primarily. Because I mean, if you, you read really the card, it's obvious that it doesn't. Like, yes, that it stops. Yes, it. but like the standard practice for Pokestop is like you never put the card in your discard pile. Like go straight to hand. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's more the issue with Pokestop than yeah. Well, and, and wording, I yeah. Think. yeah, well, and just like I mean, your assumption that you're like just read the card. I mean, it's an IC. Like the card could be in many different languages. You have a Portuguese judge, and like you're like read the card. It's like well, like that. So that's not going to happen. They're not going to read the card. So what are you going to do? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Although I'm confident, you know, obviously it's in a different language, but I'm confident the text on every every variant of the Pokestop card is discard all of them and then return items to hand. Yeah. I just... And I, I think if you read that compared to the Toad Scroll, like, the interaction is pretty obvious. Unlike some other, like, slightly less obvious interactions, that I, I feel like stuff that might get tripped up a bit more is stuff like, you know, I strafe into my Iron Valley and does that place damage counters? And, like, obvi- we, know it, we know it does. It doesn't say before you attack on the ability, but that it feels like an area that has a little bit more ambiguity because it's it's a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more non-standard than, like, Pokestop says, discard the cards, then put them into hand. And Toad School yeah, says yeah. you can't put them into hand. I, I, yeah. I, I, love that, I love that you guys are confident that the judges will get things right at LASC. I, you know, uh, it's important the players have confidence. All right. I, I, I mean... You gotta bring the best that you can. It's in my repertoire, every single bar is hard, spitting fire like I'm the human version of Taurus Alright, welcome to the Trash Lanch. It's the only podcast about the Pokemon trading card game. There are no others. Attendance is 133%. Caden's here, Liam's here, Mike's here, I'm here. We're sponsored by Dragon Shield. Nobody's left us a review in a while. You should leave a five-star review. We know how many people listen to the podcast because there are things that generate data about this kind of thing, and you haven't all left reviews yet. If you're a person who hasn't left a review, you should ask yourself, what is wrong with me that I'm like the last person to have not left a review? Um, Mike, uh, uh, this is less relevant for these two, but I thought it was worth taking a moment to acknowledge that um, uh, we did not honor the occasion, but this is episode 155, apparently. 155-ish. So we missed 150? Is that what you're saying? Uh, You know, 
I I always thought like I I told Liam this at one point and like the count might be a little off because you have to kind of increment it by hand in the Buzzsprout system and like but a little mm-hmm. I haven't always I think been super good about that but I've tried to go back and clean it up sometimes. I thought episode like 151 I would like we'd shut down the whole pod and go home or something like that like <laughs> I always imagined that that was a, a important marker when you cross the, the 151 in a Pokemon podcast. But uh, 155 is a lot of episodes, yeah. It is. Uh, 156 is is 52 weeks times three. That That's like... Uh, I think we've been going for more than three years because we took a couple of weeks off here and there. But that's like re- three solid years of podcasts. That's still going strong. All right, I... I think we want to talk about Paradox Rift decks, but but we had a note from uh, last week that we want to talk for two seconds about how many 35s missed in Toronto versus Peoria. I have not uh, explored this at all. I've actually been um, looking at kind of doing something similar to what I did with Worlds, but um, looking at the Obsidian Flame slash 151 tournaments, there was oh, like seven-ish majors. Um, so I'm going to kind of do the same thing with a, a matchup chart, but then I'm also going to calculate expected win percentages based on those results um, and then retroactively look back at each event and their meta shares and see which deck actually was the play for each event so that's kind of where all of my uh, data analysis has gone over the last week i'm kind of setting that up so i didn't get to look at the 35 pointers but table it again we'll come back to it because i think it's an interesting (laughs) thing to look at all right Uh, another thing i wanted to get uh, uh, caden and mike's reaction to is um I've been asking Liam, oh, are you going to this league cup? Are you going to this league challenge for like the last two weekends? And he's like, man, we're already on to the next set. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> is that is that smart or is that crazy? I mean, I understand. <laughs> I understand it. I mean, I think, I don't know. I feel like, you know, I'm in, I'm a university, so I have not been going to any locals because it's kind of inconvenient and a bit of a track. You, you didn't go to the super busted Chicago League Cups this past <laughs> weekend? <laughs> I did not. I did not. But um, I do think that, you know, I'm also not planning on really necessarily going for my invite hard this year. Um, yeah. and, and so I'm not too concerned about hitting a bunch of locals. I think if you are going for your invite, um, you know, I think it is worth going to locals so you don't find yourself having to cram a bunch in at the end of the season um, because that's just genuinely no fun. And this does not mean test, you know, if it's in a previous format, don't, like, this doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to test a bunch for it. Like, just run what you're comfortable with and just see what happens. But, you know, I, I think it is worth going to. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like Liam, Liam's implying he's, Liam, like, it's out of call. order work. Yeah, Liam, Liam's just implying he's out of Guard of War practice, so like, there's no point trying to take Guard of War because, you know, he's he's already like, you know, no, I ain't stressing about no scroll. week up, bro. Like, I could spend all that time testing for Paradox Rift and then trying to do well at like, you know, like an actual tournament that like, you know, I want to do well at beyond just my world's invite. And guess what? That goes to my world's invite too. <laughs> Actually, goes a little bit. What are more. your What are your local placements looking like right now, Liam? 
I have a League Cup win and a League Challenge win. <laughs> okay. And and so like, you know, you are obviously in good shape in good shape right now. You have two wins. I but you know I think I think it is worthwhile to, you know, make sure you hit those locals when you have the chance because they won't be every weekend. There's always at least if I'm remembering correctly, it always feels like there's more there's more local tournaments at the beginning of the season than there are at the end of the season. Um, that might just be fully wrong, but that's at least what it feels like as a player. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, I would, I think it's worth going to locals when you get the chance. I think you should be trying to make the best of your regionals. And those are the tournaments that matter. I agree. Now, are you spending now? Now I'm not, again, this is why I'm saying don't waste testing on the local, but I think I think it is worth it's still worth going to the local spending a few spending a few hours to just play some games see if you can get points. I'm going to a league cup this Sunday coming up because it is very close. It's like a you know I don't know ten minute drive from my house, and I like hanging out with my locals. So I feel like those are the two bigger reasons. Uh, and I think one of my buddies. Well, I know like league tomorrow night, one of my buddies that's going to LASE, he's coming and we're going to test and he might be coming to the League Cup. I feel like he shouldn't come to the League Cup, but if he does come to the League Cup, uh, we'll probably like play games in between rounds. So, a paradox. Yeah, a paradox that's riff. crazy cope, dude. <laughs> that is not <laughs> happening, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, um, I mean, it sounds like sounds like Liam is uh, ready, and it sounds like Mike is ready. It sounds like people are ready to talk about some decks they should play for LAIC. Yeah, it's still it's going to be really interesting because um, I think the more that I play games in this format, the more I'm unsure of how good the old decks, or not even how good the old decks are, like how bad the old decks are. I'm not really saying this right. I think the old decks are actually a lot better than I initially thought. I feel like the new decks are like, okay. Um, But they're not going to really push out much of the old decks. Maybe I, and I feel like the biggest thing that gets pushed out is probably lost box. Um, I don't know. That's kind of like my initial thought. Like, I think Guardi is weaker, but I think it's still good. I think Mew is still very good. Chi and Pao is obviously very good. Lugia, not sure about that one. Its moon matchup is real bad, I think. Um, but the more I play, I think the more I think it'll be a really interesting mix of old and new decks and not at all completely dominated by new stuff. I agree with this. I mean, I think they're... You know, I'm in, out of out of the old decks. I'm inclined to say, you know, oh, Mew is completely dead. But you know, this is what we say. The release, I think of basically every single new set, and it's <laughs> it's never dead. So I, I I agree. I think that you know, mo- I think most decks, obviously, not really Mew as as always, but most decks will be adding some new Paradox Rift cards and have find a few new techs here or there. But I, I agree. I think that. Mm, most, if not all, of the old decks are still at least tier one, tier two, and I, I, I think this is still shaping up to be a very wide meta. Yeah, 
Okay, so that's our high high level thoughts. Liam, what are your high level thoughts? I agree. Except yeah. That. Is there any deck? So like I kind of singled out Lost Box as like maybe yeah, the I... biggest loser. Do you agree with that? Yeah. 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 Um, Roaring Moon, I guess, is like the the new deck, um, and then everything else is like pretty much the same. Uh, Iron Hands and Chempow throw, or Lugia and Chempow throw Iron Hands in, and then. Everything mm-hmm. else, I think, like it's pretty and much valiant. Good. Every other deck is way better though, as well. Like, just because of Earth and Vessel, I think. I think a lot of decks, at least, are playing that, and like they just get way better, um, even though yeah. it's like the same archetype. I agree. And, like, ca- I think I think catch- Moon and Moon and Va- Moon and Valiant are the two new decks. Oh yeah, Valiant in my mind. Um, and, is, and I is, think is Valiant good? Like, I'm really unsure. It it's feels cheese, like bro. right. It's, it's just like cheese, right? Yeah. yeah, it's got like 90 tens and 10 90s. <laughs> I agree with this. However, I do think it is at least, you know, it is something that going into, if I were, I'm not going to LASC, but if I were going into LASC, it is definitely something I'm keeping in mind because you know there's going to be a, probably quite a quite a few people who decide to pick up Valiant and play Valiant for its cheese factor. And there will probably be many of them in day two at LAIC because, you know, they hit the right matchups and it has auto wins against a lot of popular decks right now. So I, I think it is, you know, while I agree it is kind of a cheese deck and it's not something that I would personally play, it definitely has sort of a, um, like a, you know, it, it has an impact on the meta. Sure. I agree. Yeah, it's like, it's like Rapid Strike. But well, like way more polarized, <laughs> which yeah. is interesting. Like, like Rapid Strike could beat Lugia. Like, it was a bad matchup, but it wasn't like completely auto lost. Like, like it was like a you know thirty seventy or so. But like, any Valiant deck into Lugia is like a literally a ten ninety. Like, you can't you can't win. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually, um, one thing that I think is kind of interesting is the Valiant Jolteon thing. Um, yeah. That's like, I it, it obviously has like much better damage output into stuff like Lugia, um, and like Moon Tina kind of like you don't have like the insane damage fall off after your turn two, okay. um, like the Rapid Strike version does, but I don't but know. you give up it, three prizes. It, it still has similar issues, yeah. Yeah, like Roaring Moon is just like okay, all right, you do two hundred, I will take three prizes. <laughs> um. I haven't played any games with that version. It does seem okay, though. Um, what other versions have you guys seen? I've seen the Fire version. I've seen the, obviously, the Urshifu version. And I've the also seen version. the what what version? Oh, Psychic, Psychic? version. Yeah. yeah, with Zatu. I also played against one game on live where dude was playing uh, just Suicune V and Melanie. So kind of like the fire <laughs> version, but with Suicune instead, which seemed worse than the fire version because yeah. you were relying on Melanie instead of being able to play a better supporter and just Magma Basin. Uh, the fire version, yeah. to, the fire version to me seems like the most versatile. I agree with this. I think if I were to play Valiant, I would play the fire version. Um, I think you know, like we've been saying, I think Urshi has is the one with the most polarizing matchups. I think Fire, the Fire version, is probably the best all around. So I, I don't know if but. you guys saw that uh, Joe Bernard put out a list of like he went through the nine online tournaments that have had more than ninety players and kind of pulled together the who who were, what were the best decks at those tournaments and who did the best with them. 
Mm-hmm. The they had um, a rapid strike valiant uh, having sixty five CP quote unquote. The Entei valiant having forty, and then the um, Jolteon valiant having twenty five. I, I I don't know. Like I feel like the piece that's missing in that day they pulled together is, is how much were they played relative to those outcomes. But right, yeah. right. And like when yeah. he combined them all, Valiant was fairly low on the list. Like right yeah. in the, kind of like right in the middle. Yeah, it seemed it seemed not super successful, right? Moon was the big hitter. Was that more a function of people just wanting to play the new deck than it being the best deck? I, mean, it's I think Moon is gonna be s- probably I think Moon is probably gonna end up settling it at a tier one deck. Um, I think it's going to be a major force in the meta. I don't see a world where it doesn't. The deck is really fast, really strong. Um, I do think... I think, I personally, my belief, I think Valiant is going to settle in more like Tier 2 realm. Um, But it's going to be... It's going to be that deck that, you know, it's Tier 2, it's going to have a solid meta presence at every tournament. And if whenever you hit it, if you're running a deck that, like, doesn't beat it, you're just going to, you know... You're gonna face palm and be like, "Why? Why did I have to hit Valiant?" <laughs> Sounds right. I I will say I think the the Valiant Running Moon matchup is actually pretty close. It's like, yeah, it's it's a, it's a really really weird matchup. Um, but I, I I think that's easily like Valiant's most complex matchup because you you know the self damage aspect gives you a chance to catch up in the late game. Sure. Um, and actually, you know, like get some damage on the board uh, as opposed to like <laughs> killing ADHP Pokemon or nothing. So it, that matchup's a little bit closer. So I, yeah, I, I think Valiant's it, it's obviously here to stay. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Roaring Moon a little bit. Yeah, so it, it is the, on Joe's list, it was by far the most successful. And again, uh, it was that and Lost Tina. Yeah. But like, okay, let me see. Uh, Unless you saw a different list. Oh, oh, oh. So there's two, he has two things. So uh, one, I guess, presumably only included top eight. And Moon and Tina were really close in top eight. But then when he included top 16, Moon jumped like almost twice as much as the next deck. And But Liam's not here for top 16, yo. (laughs) It is presumably a function of popularity of the deck. Um, But like we said, the deck is really good. Um, I haven't played too many games with it, but I've played a lot against it. Um, Basically, every single list that I've seen gets turn one. If they go second, they get turn one attack every time, basically. Like 90% of the time. Um, which is super powerful. Um, I don't know exactly where the best less is, best list is going to settle, but the deck is certainly very consistent at what it's trying to do. Um, I think its biggest weakness is like how do you like what's the best single prize attacker and how do you weave it in? Um, I don't know. What do you guys think is like the best single prize attacker for it to play? It's just easily Galarian Moltres. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I play a much energy heavier list than I think most of the lists I've seen online. I play like I think around like 10. Um, yeah, like you can just Earth and Vessel Moltres like at any point in the game when you play like that number of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in the case where all your energy are somehow gone, like you, you of course have Dark Patch. Um, right. Maybe Energy Switch play that as well. Like 
And then Galarian Moltres is like obviously like a really good attacker. I I don't know what the Morpico people are doing, bro. Like, how do you ever take a prize with that? <laughs> like, it seems so awful. Like, it's really just good against um, stuff like Charizard or Guardi or Lost Box, right? Where you just use that turn one. I I'm not testing against Lost Box at all. Um, I'm testing very little against Guardi, um, and like. Yeah, it just seems mid, bro. <laughs> it is yeah, a nice I... pivot, too, but yeah, I agree. I also, like, don't know... Does How how uh, how much benefit does Roy Moon even get from a good single-prize attacker? Because they're always going to have two-prize dudes benched, so it's really hard to even really prevent the opponent from going 2-2-2, um, because, like, you're going to have Squawk benched almost every game. You're going to have the... Even if you're attacking with Moltres or, or whatever, you're gonna probably have a Roaring Moon on the bench. Uh, I don't know. Like in the path that gets you to, to boss, I mean, Moltres being a successful attacker, like you're you're late in the game, like stuff's already happened, right? You don't have right. nothing. But it's yeah, not like, like I, you're not playing disruption. Like, though, right? like I, yeah. I I play two Iono. Um, okay. So yeah, like in like the mirror, you can Iono Moltres and then try to stick him. Yeah. Yeah, that seems reasonable then. I feel like I feel like if you're going for that route, you you probably do have to run the Ionos. Cuz otherwise, like I said, they'll just have the gust and it won't matter. Yeah. So, so Liam, it sounds like your build is different than kind of the build that you see people playing online. Um is it is it the is it the goat build? Um, is this the best deck? I don't, I don't really know. This is just like what what I thought that deck should look like kind of like at the start of the format and like you know, I've been playing the deck and I've been I've been hitting my turn one Roaring Moons. Um and then like I have like a little bit of like yeah, I don't I guess I don't really feel like um I don't I don't know exactly what else the deck could be doing. Um the the Greninja water thing is I guess what other people are making space for. You play a bunch of energy switches, water energies and yeah, try to make that something happen with that. That seems um, so so cope to me. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I, it, they can definitely pull it off, but I I don't know how how good it is exactly. Uh, I played I played a few games thing. of it. I played a few games of it. Um, it's you know, you can hit the Greninja. It actually like it works. I just don't know if it's. I feel like you sacrifice a lot of a lot of ability to do anything else. Like all all you can really do is swing with Roaring Moon. And then, you know, maybe one turn, one game a turn, or one turn a game, you get off a Greninja. And, you know, if that's all you really need to do to win a, to win most games, like, maybe that variant's right. But that's that's all it can really do. I mean, when I hear putting a bunch of energy switches in to try to hit the Greninja, I, I feel like that violates the mic rule of, like, I'm going to take out these good cards, I'm going to put in these bad cards, and we're going <laughs> to see how it goes. Like... I do think energy switch is like an okay card in the deck. It's not a it's not even even without the waters, it's not objectively bad in the deck, but there's probably better cards you could play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think most of the seven C across the board have in well, this is my personal opinion. I think they run too few energy. I think that's a mistake a lot of people are making with the Roaring Moon lists. Um and I think in a world where you're running heavier energy, I think Galarian Moltres is just like a really strong option. Is Brute Bonnet ever like the single prize attacker of choice? 
I guess you'd have to be you'd have to be running multiple of the tool anyway, which it's I don't like, know if you want to do. I mean, I I don't know. The one twenty isn't much better than seventy. It's one thirty, kinda. Oh oh, if you get the capsule on it. Yeah, I don't know if one thirty is any different though. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Like, at least in my experience, it's it's like a super. This format's super two price heavy and like uh, two price driven. Um, like, yeah, I don't, I don't think hitting for seventy or like one thirty, anything short of two twenty in, in this format, it's like super super strong. Yeah, unless you're Greninja hitting two two Pokemon. Yeah, I, this feels like a very two 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 meta. Mm -hmm. But yeah. All right. So we got Moon and Valiant. We've talked a little bit about them. Uh, Do you want to touch on Guardi? I think it's worth touching on Guardi. I thought we I thought we work our way down uh, Joe's list. Is that, is that okay? Right okay, okay. Do it? Let's do that. Um, His next one is Lost Tina. Lost Tina. I know Liam has this some deck. strong opinions on Lost Tina, mm. so we'll let him go last. Uh, <laughs> Kaden, what were you gonna say? Uh, I think this. I think it's Cope. Um, okay. I, I think I think Spoilers, Lost Tina is a not a bad deck, but I think it is one of the most solidly like high tier two decks there is right now. Um, I don't think the deck's bad. I think the deck's good. I think it's a deck that a lot of people are used to, and there are a lot of people that just run run Lost Tina, which is perfectly fair because it's a it's a decently hard deck to play. I think it's a I think it's pretty good, and then you can get results with it. Um, I just think it it is outshined by so many other decks in this format. Um, I I just don't I don't know. I think it's fine. I think the deck's fine. <laughs> I just don't think it's near it's near the best and has any hope of being the best. I haven't played any games with it, but I've played a little bit against it. I mean, the big thing that it gets is countercatcher. Um, and so that's like the big thing it gets and the big advantage I think that it has metagame wise is that Lost Box is a lot weaker. So you kind of like lose one of your slightly weaker matchups. You become kind of maybe the de facto Lost Zone deck um, and you kind of gain a pretty decent matchup I think in Roaring Moon. Like that matchup's got to be solid for you. Um but yeah, I mean it's still Tina, right? Um, <laughs> all the all the negatives of Tina before are still up there. You get to maybe not play. I mean, your boss, your boss spaces just go to counter catchers, so you're not really gaining any consistency necessarily. You're not going to play Vessel. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems yeah, it seems fine. I kind of agree with Kaden. Like, it seems solid, but not amazing. Yeah, the deck sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Um, I one of the points that I I disagree with, I guess that that Mike said was um, that Lost Box was one of your your weaker matchups. I think that was one of your better matchups. The deck is like <laughs> like it is so terrible against any other deck that runs Iono. Like as soon as that you Iono, they don't set up an attacker for the rest of the game. At least against Lost Box, after you spent your first six turns of this seeking. <laughs> you were able to set up attackers because they don't play Iono. And, you know, of course, the Roxanne versions that popped up in the Zamazenta builds at the end of the format, they just cooked you. They, they had the disruption. <laughs> it was up. Um, but, yeah, like, it just loses to any deck that plays Iono. Um, I finally put it into words the other day 
um, why playing against that deck is so easy. They don't attack. They, like, they can't set up attackers. Um, I had a I had a Valiant game the other day, and like this is Valiant, and like you know he had two Tinas out, so I wasn't I wasn't doing anything. I didn't I wasn't dealing any damage, but it was okay because the entire game he didn't find a Tina V Star. He's three outs in deck, right? No <laughs> Tina V Star. Um, and he's just like sitting there seeking. So even with Valiant, like the lowest damage output uh, deck in the game right now, I had enough time watching this brother just sit there abyss seeking to like. <laughs> take six prizes <laughs> and like the worst part is is even after you get that attacker off you know you spend your like first six turns of abyss seeking you're down like three energy because every single time it's like chorus path energy energy and like you know goodbye energy every single time right and then after you attack you lose two more and like <laughs> you lose all your energy your attacker is disabled and then they iono you and then you like you just, it, the deck is so bad it, yeah it doesn't be any deck with iono a terrible deck. It, it doesn't attack. I think I think you're overselling on its weakness a little bit. Um, I, I I stand by my belief that I think if the deck is solidly like mid to high tier two, like it was last format, um, and I think it's going to stick that way for the foreseeable future. Yeah, everybody who tells me the deck is good, they're like, oh, if you hit everything, you win. And like, like hit everything. Like you have three colors in the discard. I I owned you to like three, and now you want like you know. Your one V star in deck plus like Mirage Gate Super Rod off of this Iona. Like, <laughs> it's just, it just never happens, dude. Like, that gets terrible. And then, like, even if that happens, you're at one prize and then I Iona you again. And now you have to hit like Stable Eye Energy off your Iona to one. You still have no chorus in deck. Like, it's so terrible. The next deck, yeah. The next deck on Joe's list is Lost Zone Box. Um, I feel like. The versions that I've played against mostly on live are Lost Zone with Roaring Moon in there. Have you guys seen these lists? Is I've Roaring Moon their answer? To, is Roaring Moon their answer to Iron Hands? Because that seems like a terrible answer to Iron Hands. <laughs> yeah, it seems bad. Is this, so his his next one's the, the like Zard Lost Box, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Or no. Yeah. Yeah, the next one on this list is the Radiant Zard Lost Box. Oh, you're looking at the Oh, oh I thought we were side. looking at Combined. Yeah, I was looking at Combined as well. Yeah. Um, but okay, but I guess Radiant Zard Lost Box takes up 239 of the 279 uh, if you look at the Combined. So yeah, okay, so Radiant Zard Lost Box. That's what I was going to say next. So there's, there is the Roaring Moon Lost Box that I've seen, but yeah, Radiant Zard seems a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Moon Lost Box is like way, way, way down. It's bad deck. Okay. I think Zard is um, better than Tina. Uh, I still think it is probably outshined by a lot of other decks in this format, but I think, you know, like we talked about, this is a two prize, a two prizer format. Um, so I think there is something to be said for, you know, if you can lean pretty heavily into one prizers to swing that can KO two prizes and just take those two for one prize trades, like you're in a, you're in a great spot. And, and obviously that's one thing that Zard lost box is good at. So. Yeah. yeah, It reminds me of, of like prior format where like when, when Radiant Zard was good at the kind of beginning of the last format, it was like, uh, if you get, if you get two attacks off with Radiant Zard, you're like in pretty good shape. And if you get three off, you win the game. 
And, like, it's probably still like that. Yeah. I agree. I, I don't think much has changed. And Valiant. Well, yes, Both. obviously. I think I think you have a, the potential to win against hands. Um, I think Valiant, you're just done for. What, what do you do when the Lugia player attacks with hands on turn two? Like, how, how do you win that game? Oh, if they attack on turn two, you're done for. Yeah, you're cooked. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, if they, if they get turn two, you're done. There's Dude, no, there's no doubt. Turn two is like not that hard for them, bro. And what if they attack with it on turn three, bro? Now they, now they have two prizes. You put another one ten on a Lugia. Like, what do you do at that point? They have four prizes left. You have two prizes next turn. You're gonna hit the hit the Iron Hands for one ten. Yeah, I guess the don't... key question is when you look at these results, it doesn't seem like Lugia is a big part of the meta. Yeah, but I think the same could probably be said about Chimpao. So I think this is an interesting point with Iron Hands decks in general. Like against a against a Lossar deck, you probably just don't want to take a single prize KO, right? Um, you just want to yeah. wait, and even if you can, you just want to chill until you can go Hands from six to four, and then they can't do anything about it. And then you go four to two, and then you win the game. The the Raihan DTE numbers work out for them. I wonder if that's what's like in list, um, but. Yeah, Raihan but... DTE doesn't. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. But I, but those cards are bad, and you, you don't hit that ever. And like, yeah, yeah. probably doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I think. I mean, I think. I think Lost Box as a as an archetype will kind of be fall out of the meta over as as this format progresses. And I think I just you know. Because it was a prominent deck at the end of last format, I think it's worth going over. Um, Kyogre Lost Box, dead, right? <laughs> Thoughts? Probably. Dead. Dead in the water with the new pace of the format? It's not even on the list here. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably not good enough. I don't know, like, all this stuff seems fine if um, all, all the like aggressive anti-one-prize stuff like hands and valley and get like completely chased out of the meadow by big two prizers like right seems fine but like uh, yeah did i did i post about that on my twitter it's like a really weird triangle i guess yeah i think this is the strongest triangle format we've had in a hot minute but yeah um so next one mew fusion mew um and there's not too much to say right it's mew yeah we kind of talked about it I feel like Mew into Roaring Moon is like not that bad, right? Because like if you go like if you go second and get the turn with Meloetta, like you're chilling, right? I I found that's not the case because you have to give up three prizes after they KO the Meloetta, like the next turn. And then they just boss a Genesect to win. And they boss a Genesect to win. Like is that what yeah. you mean? I, or I guess yeah, it, it I, doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Like they yeah. they win in three attacks. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. But you it... win in three attacks too, right? Wait. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I was playing the matchup and it was it was horrendous. I like I don't know. Fusion was just getting cooked, bro. Maybe, like maybe I was getting them off prizes or something. Like I, I have no clue. But yeah, I was just like attacking with Roaring Moon and like they they don't they don't always hit the KO for the Roaring Moon. They need like two tablets. From, yeah, uh, that's what I was about to say. You do like, need two tablets, right? And you do yeah. need even if you get turn one Meloetta, you still need a tablet. Yeah. So actually, you don't. Have well, you, you have like tablets. boss squash, but like, yeah, I don't know. I in my testing, it was Roaring Moon was like way better, and like 
every time Roaring Moon, like Roaring Moon, always chooses to go second, and then they're, mm-hmm. they're just always winning. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. But like, yeah, know. Roaring Moon is way more consistent of getting the turn one attack going second. Yeah, which is crazy, mm-hmm. right? Like Mew is supposed to draw so many cards and whatnot, but Moon is just like way better at it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Makes sense. Um. Um. Next okay. up, we've got Guardi. Guardi time. So Guardi, I think that the the biggest thing Guardi gets, which I think, I'm okay. Personal opinion, I think it's worth running is the Evolution TM. Uh, Evolution TM, good card. Like that. Like that card. Uh, I think it's worth running just to maybe slightly give you a chance against Valiant if you're going second. Um, also, it's just like. I don't know. It's solid. It helps you set up. There's think, so many I things I want to try, man. Dude, that, yeah. that does not give you a chance for Valiant, bro. You're, you're cooked, man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that like the only the way case. you can... You can only... There's so many it's things good. I want to try. Going from 70 to 80 isn't, isn't really relevant. Yeah. Like, I well, feel I like more, has you're, a you're faster of... to get into Guardi. Sure, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, all your stuff is gone instantly, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, Guardi has so many interesting things, ways it could be built now. Like, uh, you could run a heavy Screamtail version. Uh, we saw that. There were a couple lists from Japan that did that. You could run the TMs. Um, if you run the TMs, maybe you run a heavy Klefki. Maybe you just run one or two Klefki. Um, like, Klefki is the way that you would beat Iron Valiant. But you have to either open it mm-hmm. or go first uh yeah i mean going uh, second like, into valiant is like not that bad like you can't get you yeah, know but I you guess. just have to open with so much and like you can never mew on the clefty and if you don't get right. like more than two curlies down or like because when you have the clefty active you also turn off the mana piece so you're open to rapid flow turn two so mm-hmm. like you just have to you have to go really fast and you lock yourself out of mew uh, yeah that's true which can make it hard um but yeah so, i don't yeah, know if you saw it at uh, Ethan Hegi uh, posted all of the winning lists from Japan City Championship uh, this past weekend, and there he posted like it was like two tweets worth of Gardevoir lists. There were like four different or eight different lists that all did well. Like it was the only one where he was like, you know, continued, continued, like right. <laughs> and and so, it was yeah, it was a random collection of like some people ran two counter catchers, some people ran one counter catcher, some people ran no counter catchers, people ran Jirachis, people ran like it was just. All kinds of crazy stuff. Energy counts were all over the place. Yep. So yeah, Countercatcher, this is like one of the big decks where Countercatcher is extremely good. So just like Tina, how you can kind of go like Iono, Countercatcher, uh, Sableye, their Bibberl, something like that with Tina. You can go similarly with Guardi, go Iono, Countercatcher, KO, Back to Caliber, KO, Bibberl, something like that. Um, so Countercatcher is really big. Another question is, do you play... Any Earthen Vessel seems pretty good in the deck, but I don't know if it's worth the spot. Do you play the uh, the AZ card, the Professor Turo? That also seems pretty good in the deck. Like, it gets a lot of interesting cards. I just don't know how you fit it all and, like, what direction you, you go in. I think it'll be really dependent on how the meta shapes up. So I feel like Guardi is, like, maybe not the best play for LAIC, but I still think it'll be solid in the format just depending where everything else goes and you can kind of decide actually how to build the deck uh yeah 
yeah, I, I played a little bit with it. Um, the screen tail version, not like heavy screen tail, it was literally just one screen tail. Um, mm. I think I think that's all you need. Like, you have super rod still, it's it's fine. Um, like, just like Cresselia, last format was really really good. Like, I don't, you you didn't really need two crests. Um, right. I don't think you need two screen tail. Um, but yeah, it's like it's just kind of a better Cresselia in a format without uh, like Sableye um, being super prominent. Like, you can. Especially against Chempao, and I, I think it actually makes the Chempao matchup, especially if they go down to one super rod, like pretty close. Like I, I think at the start of a format, obviously Jake was like, you know, uh, Gardevoir is completely dead due to hands backs or something. Um, but yeah, like all you need is like Gardevoir Fog Crystal, and then you instantly KO the backs on the bench. Maybe pair with Iono, and like if they only have one rod, it can be pretty hard to to deal with that. Um, but yeah, I, I think Screamtail is like uh, definitely really good in the deck. Um, probably uh, like enough to make it like at least a viable contender. Cool. Yeah. Charizard. Charizard EX. Sard feels <laughs> like it's in such a weird spot for me right now, at least in my head. Like, so obviously it has similar similar issues to Guardi against Valiant. Um, you have a near auto loss to Valiant, it, it, but I don't know. Like the deck feels, I've seen some interesting builds of Zard floating around. You know, obviously there was the list that did well that ran the Toad Scroll, um, which I think we'll talk about Toad Scroll in a bit. But I think Zard has a lot of different ways to be built right now, and I'm not sure what what the best way to build Zard is yet. Well, and adding on to the Iron Valiant comment, of all the evolving decks, I feel like Charizard probably has the best Valiant matchup because, yeah. like, if you, you know, bench three Ralts and two of them die, you lose the game. If you bench th- two Fridge and they both die, you lose the game. If you bench three Charmanders and one of them lives and you get a Charizard EX the next turn, that one Charizard EX can actually just win you the game. Um, because they've taken a couple prizes, you're one-shotting Valiance. I don't know if the matchup is, like, favored, but of all the stage two decks, in theory, it has the best matchup there. You're, you're cooked, dude. Like, that, <laughs> that matchup sucks, man. Like, <laughs> Metacham and the You can't say it doesn't have the best one, though. <laughs> I, I don't know. If they're all bad, is it? Really matter. <laughs> the, the, uh, Liam's That's like fair, Iron yeah. Valiant tier one. Let's and go. Like, like, I, <laughs> I also think at least no, no, because because I was playing the Rapid Strike version, like the Gardevoir mm. version. Like if they if they get a, a stage two out, you like definitely lose. Like, um, and like kind of same with uh with backs. Eh, backs a little bit less. Um, but like Charizard when they get a stage two out, like you're trade you're, you're like. Trading uh, two hits with the the Urshifu. Uh, okay, okay, that's fair against if if we're talking about Urshifu, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. I'll give you that. Um, so, yeah. Charizard, the matchup, Charizard's matchup against Roaring Moon is also like kind of sketchy. I don't think it's like an auto loss or anything, but it's probably slightly unfavored. Um, we talked a little bit about how it should play out in our chat the other day, and I I need to play the matchup better from the Charizard side for sure. But it still seems like pretty annoying that they can just blow you up (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean obviously like 
like last summer as well, but even more so, you know, Radiant Zard is your crutch. It's it's the thing that give I think gives Zard a chance in this format. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's terrible. It also sucks that like it's um the one stage two deck that really wants to go second when every other deck wants to go second, you know, like at least Guardi and Chien Pal, you're kinda like, okay. I'm okay going first, right, against some of these other big decks. But Zard is like, Mm -hmm. man, I really want to go second, too, just like every other deck in the format. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, All right, right. what was was next? What have we got? uh, Let me propose something real quick. We've already been going for quite a while, so maybe we can just talk about like chi and pow a little bit more and then because i feel like that's like the big deck i agree that's still on this list um and then we can talk about for a little bit some of the more esoteric cards okay so chi and pow go for it what do you guys think um i think chen is in a good spot right now i've done some testing with the deck i think that a lot of people are you know building a little too heavily into the Iron Hands than I think is actually necessary. Um, it's definitely, I, I said this a while back as well, but it's definitely the type of thing that you just like, you know, splash in a little bit if if the meta is right and it seems like right call. And I, I think for LAIC, it's probably right splashing it in. Um, and by splash it in, I mean you run, you know, one Iron Hands, one Earthen Vessel, one to two Lightning Energy and leave it at that. Um, I don't, I think... Anything more than that's unnecessary. Um, I think the pe- cutting cross switchers feels like a mistake. Um, maybe you can cut the cologne, but even that feels a slightly iffy. Um, I think the deck's really strong. I think it's in a great spot. Um, I think it has decent matchups across the board. Obviously, bad matchup against Valiant. That's that being, it's probably by far its worst matchup. But um, also, you know, as always, struggling against. Mew. Um, so Mew and Valiant in my head are the probably the two worst matchups for Chen Pao, but yeah. I, I agree with Kaden. Um, I think you, you have to stay at two super rods. You have to play switchers and at least one cologne. Um, and like, if you cut back on any of those, I think any of your matchups take like a serious hit. Um, like, yeah, it, you, you no longer have the ability to just beat anything once you've set up, I think, once you cut those cards. Um, and so I, I think you have you, you have to keep them uh, and then try to fit an Iron Hands elsewhere. And, like, at that point, it's it's something that really is meta-dependent. You have to think you're going to get a lot of value out of it if you're going to find uh, other cuts to put it in. Cool. I don't really have anything to add. I think I agree. I, I guess I, I totally agree on keeping the switchers. I guess I'm less confident on keeping the one cologne, um, but I could see it. I can yeah. see either way. I, have, I haven't tested enough to figure out exactly whether or not you can afford to cut the cologne, but sure. that testing will, will happen. Um, do you want to talk about Toad Scroll? Sure. Let's talk about Toad Scroll. You go. So Toad Scroll, for the listeners, is a stage one from Paradox Rift that uh, its ability prevents your opponent from taking cards from their discard pile into their hand via the effects of their trainer cards (laughs) yeah so so i think i think it's worth you know 
some obvious matchups where this is uh, this was run as sort of a splash tech in a Charizard list at one of the Japan tournaments. I think that's where you know Twitter first picked up on this card, um, and you know obviously it makes for a, for a lot of decks um, Chen Pao. It cripples Chen Pao, you know, not having access to SER. And it also cripples um, Goldengo, for what for what it's worth. Um, both mm-hmm. of those decks are heavily SER-reliant, and um, this card just cripples those two. That's, that's primarily what it's for. Um, I think it's worth mentioning, you know, some, some of the other impacts it has, most notably on Pokestop. Um, Pokestop, of course, unintuitively, and what we were talking about this briefly before the pop, but... Um, Pokestop discards all the cards from the top of your deck and then returns the item cards that were discarded into your hand. So um, Toad Scroll will block that, notably only if it is your own Pokestop. Because Toad <laughs> yeah. Scroll reads um, from from your cards, then if your opponent plays down Pokestop, you can still use the Pokestop and get the full effect. But if you play Pokestop, Toad Scroll will stop you from getting the items. So worth keeping that in mind. It's a little weird, but. Um, yeah, I think the card's good. Um, outside of stopping SER, I think its value is a little niche. But, yeah. I guess it would stop Clara, right? This yeah. is true, but, you know, a lot of a lot of like Lost Box decks are already leaning sure, a little sure. heavier on the rod over yeah, Clara. I, yeah, for sure. I think its, it's effect against Chumpow is, is definitely being, like, overestimated right now. Um because you Especially can cologne it. Like, yeah, it's like a two rod cologne build. <laughs> it, like it just never like yes, like sticking the the toe school in play is is so hard to do. I I think I said this at the start. Like um, like when the set first came out, uh, like you have to make sure that you're doing everything else, um, to to, to like mess with Chen Pao, uh, like KOing the Baxes, KOing the Vibrals, um, you know, like. You have to do everything else that you'd already be doing while setting up the like the toad school to try to keep it in play. Like it's only good when you think about it. If like you're like you suddenly catch them with like all of their energy in their discard, they no longer have any rods, and like you're like boom toad school now you lose. And like every other situation that like they have some sort of counterplay around it, so you have to make sure that you're like hitting all of their resources just as hard as you would be without setting up this toad school while trying to set up the toad school, which is like pretty hard for decks to do yeah i think it's also worth noting if if you try to like play this down late um when you know they already have burned a lot of resources potentially and are more ser reliant like chimp the you will need to have unless you're running thornton the toad school will be down for a turn the chimp player will know that toad school is coming and be able to play around it by um like preemptively playing ser's or whatnot if if possible Mm mm-hmm but, or like so I, I agree with Liam. I think, yeah, I, I think this card is um, not as good as Twitter makes it out to be. But um, what about Toad School in Zoro Box? Then you can just you can just a little back. <laughs> that is actually that is actually a little better. I mean, I think it's still um, it might be <laughs> worth running. It might be worth running one. It might actually be worth running one at that point. I, I, but... I think it absolutely is. <laughs> Yeah. Box. Yes, yeah, if you're yeah, playing the, Zoro the Box. second you're like, Zoro Box is what I'm taking to uh, San Antonio Regionals, then, then you should put a Toast Cruel in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree, I agree. 
So speaking of other, speaking of bad single prize decks like Zorobox, my favorite deck for sure right now is Cloth Electrode. I love playing this deck. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be like great metagame wise, but uh, it's been really fun to play. It's a, you know, it runs the Brute Bonnet and Spicy Season Curry to uh, get some special conditions on on the board. And then you hit hard. Electrode, Grass Typing is not bad. You one-shot Roaring Moon really easily. You one-shot Charizard X really easily. The Cloth gives you a decent single prize attacker. Um, The math is just like a little awkward. You can can do 220 and 230. So like you can kill the, the, the Chi and Pows with Electrode and like Alugia V and like Vs, but anything like that gets to a V-Star range, like Lugia V-Star or Mu V-Max, things like that, those matchups are much, much, much harder because then you're two-shotting them and, you know, that's not great. Um, But it's a super fun deck. It's really consistent. Um, And just like other decks in the format, you want to go second and you pretty consistently get a turn one attack off. So... It's a deck that I'll definitely be taking to local events. I don't know if I would take it to a regional, but super fun. I don't know if you guys have played any games with it. I mean, you, you successfully picked not. the deck that got dead last on Joe's rankings, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. But that means it got some points. <laughs> That's right. Dead, it, dead last is not zero, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it hasn't been played, like, at all, basically. Like, if I, if I go... To uh, I, I was actually looking at it earlier today. Also, everyone's lists suck. Also, but it was only it's only been played by uh, like I don't know, fifteen people or so in in all of those tournaments, and all of their lists suck. My list is a lot better. So <laughs> that's the fun, spirit. Though. Super fun. So so uh, the the one prize deck that was at the top of Joe's rankings is Snorlax Stall. Is that worth discussing at all, or is that just bad? <laughs> That's the that's the deck I tell people to play when they they say they aren't enjoying the game. Um, <laughs> yeah, like you know, if you if you want to get like a real game of Pokemon that lasts more than four turns, it's a good deck. Um, <laughs> it, it definitely prolongs the game, but like it it doesn't actually have like a high win rate. Like it is it is the deck that like I think is an example of a mistake a lot of people people make when they're like trying to build um, control heavy decks. Is that like uh, they overemphasize on win conditions um, and de-emphasize on buying time, or uh, like underemphasize buying time, just like buying time in and of itself. That deck does a really good job of buying time. It does a terrible job of doing anything uh, while you both are passing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I'd say about the deck. It's like pretty rare in that sense, I think. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a fun deck to play buys a lot of time <laughs> i figured out how to beat it with my yeah, cloth my working assumption there. when i looked at joe's results was uh you, you might as well give people a strats drive it out of the format oh okay okay <laughs> go yeah so so i lost to it one time my my cloth deck plays four switching cards so the first time i played against it, i was like maybe i can just like you know aggro them down and use my switch cards to to win the game but that didn't work so then i queued against it a second time on live and i was like you know what i'm gonna do I'm just gonna poison myself and let and let it die and let things die because then they can't countercatcher. So I just like let the poison kill my Pokemon over and over and over again. Then they couldn't lock anything, and I eventually won the game. <laughs> That's hilarious. 
It was That's very funny. funny. <laughs> I will say. That shouldn't work, dude. <laughs> 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 work. They they should definitely be playing Echo's Horn or Erica's. They should also be playing um obviously heal cards like maybe Serena, maybe Penny. Uh, they should well, yeah, yeah. I want them to heal their Pokemon. Yeah. They can heal their Pokemon. My Pokemon need to die. Yeah, yeah. So they can't play Countercatcher. Yeah, yeah, I just give up five yeah. prizes and then I can just attack. <laughs> they, they should be playing one boss. They should also, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then yeah, they should delete all your switch cards while you do this. The like a long, long process. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they play the boss and win the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just funny though. Yeah. Um, Okay, are there any other interesting, but maybe not... Oh, what do you guys think of the... Uh, what do you guys think of the uh, the Delibird card? I forget what it's called. The one that um, you can discard it and switch there, dude. Do you think that has any application in anything? Yeah. But mm. It's such a cool card, but yeah, I mean, decks have to stop playing like four rope before that card gets mm. any value. I don't know. Like, Fion was played quite a lot, right? Um, no, 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 yeah, like, what, what I'm saying, though, is, like, the deck that you would, like, want to throw it in would be something, like, Iron Valiant that's already playing, like, or, like, could, ma- th- that's, like, a deck that would get value out of playing, like, Techno Radar, which is, like, a card that's synergistic with uh, Delibird or whatever, Iron Bundle, Iron um, Bundle. Yeah, but, yeah. like, that, that's a deck that's already playing four ropes, so you have access to that effect, like, constantly, mm-hmm. there's there's just no reason to play. I, I had it in my, like, first list because it's, like, super cute, of course, um, mm-hmm. but, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. Like you're, you already have ropes, and I, and I think a lot of decks in format already have ropes as well. So it's it's really hard to try to slot in anything. Sure. Yeah. I feel I feel similarly. I think the card's mm-hmm. mid. Um. Yeah. I feel like we've gotten a good. I feel like we've gotten a good lay of initial lay of the land for Paradox Rift. Um. I think LAIC is going to be very interesting. Uh, you know, as is the case with any sort of three-pronged meta. Um, we've had a lot of these in the history of Pokemon, but as as is the case with any of them, you know, meta is key. Trying to get an accurate read of the meta is a, kind of everything. Um, and so I'm very, you know, if you're going to LAIC, number one thing you should be trying to figure out is what everyone else is going to be playing. Where where people are leaning, what decks are taking the reins of the format, um, and if you're not going to LAIC, you know, a lot of it's going to be you know look to LAIC, see what did well, try and, and try, off of that trying to predict you know what's going to be popular at San Antonio regionals or whatever's happening next. Yeah, yeah. Mike, there's still time for you to decide to go to San Antonio. <laughs> I cannot go. We're doing something that weekend. <laughs> we are also doing go. something. We're going to San Antonio. <laughs> uh, it's the River Walk. Everybody loves it. I am All right, running, guys. I, I am playing. I am playing and running my cup the weekend of LAIC. So I will be playing Paradox Rift format the weekend it comes out. So I am preparing for a League Cup. <laughs> Do wait, wait. You are, have uh, any events in Paradox Rift? What'd you say? Do you, are you doing any events in Paradox Rift? Like major events? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what the new year brings. But yeah, definitely got the got a league cup that I'm playing on Saturday, the 18th or whatever, and then I'm running my league cup on the 19th. 
So if you guys want to come up that Sunday for my event, spicy, or you could do it. Oh no, the 18th and 19th. Mm-hmm. That's problematic. That's problematic. I, I'm I'm taking the uh, the little lady away for a, a quick weekend. Mm. Uh, you know what? We we would have to discuss whether or not Liam can just stay at your house all weekend. Ooh, could do that <laughs> if you want to go. <laughs> Liam Liam's like that's too that's too much for Liam. <laughs> <laughs> that's not too much for me, bro. That's not too much for me. I know who it's too much for, bro. <laughs> all right, guys. The John Pauls are our outro. That's uh, episode 155 in the books. Boom. Sweet. Mike, that's, how do, that's how do you find any motivation to play the game if you don't have um like a tournament coming up, dude? Like it's like an absolutely crushing feeling for me anytime I'm like, man, <laughs> any any work I do with this format is just going to get like shipped off to some European player or something, bro. Like my favorite part of playing like is this part. Like I don't even like I don't love playing in major events. I just enjoy like building decks and talking about ideas yeah i do too but like i build these decks and like the good feeling i get is like in anticipation that this like deck will be used and like you know i'll be able to like use this later well i am hopeful that like you know my friends will at least benefit from my testing yeah. and yeah and not a random person but yeah i under i understand it a little bit what you're saying i, I just give up as, as soon as i reach the end of my format bro if the next that's <laughs> not out on tcg live yet i'm done i'll play fortnite for a few weeks bro like, 